Good morning. It's great to see you all. Go ahead and be turning in your Bibles to John chapter 15. It's great to be back in church. Like some of us, I was watching service online last Sunday. And thank God for Zoom, thank God for YouTube. There's nothing like worshiping God in person with the children of God. There's just nothing like it. And Sam Powell came. Like you said, I've been trying to get him here for a long time. And he did a master class on preaching. Now, he doesn't have PDD because he stood behind that podium the whole time. You can see him out out front already. I can't stand still. But he he, he hit that ball out of the ballpark with his summer last week. We're still looking for the ball in the parking lot. And I hope that lesson got through to you. Because over the last several weeks, I've been studying out this whole idea about God calling you and me to follow him. And that's what I'm going to start talking about this morning. And one day, the trumpet is going to sound. And Jesus is going to come back. Then we all get to go home. This world is not home. And that's why we can't afford to get comfortable here. Are you with me? And so children, kids, it's exciting to see you guys. Your, your, your word this morning is the word call. Call. C-A-L-L. All right? And again, I want to say thank you to all the counselors, to all the teachers, to all the parents that went and helped at teen camp and pre-teen camp. Can we put our hands together for them? It's a lot of work. Welcome back. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. He's obviously talking to his apostles and I have some references up there in Matthew 10, 1 to 4, Mark 3, 13 to 19, and Luke 6, 12 to 16, when Jesus called his apostles, when Jesus called his men and designated 12 of them to become his apostles. And in John 15, when you have time, I want you guys to go study out John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. Tremendous passages. As he was getting himself ready to go to the cross. And he tells his apostles, yes, Get this right. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Okay? You and I are not in the church today because we chose God. He chose us. 
If anything, the Bible teaches us that no one can come to God unless God enables him. And you are seated here today as a Christian because God chose you, because God called you, because God appointed you to be a part of all this. And we've got to make sure that as a church, we never take this for granted. Are you guys with me? And so because of that, I've titled my lesson this morning, The Call to Follow Jesus. The Call to Follow Jesus. And so in the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about this some more, some aspect every week. I went to one of the classes in uh, Orlando, and a brother called John Lusk is one of my favorite preachers. And he talked about how in their church in Iowa, they had just finished doing this for like three months. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go start studying this stuff out. And that's what I've been doing. And so for the next several months, this is what we're going to be talking about. Amen? The call to follow Jesus. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, they said, Paul writes, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord of me his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ, Jesus, before the beginning of time. When Jesus said, you know what, guys? You did not choose me, but I chose you. That's an incredible statement. Remember that after he went back to heaven, and the Holy Spirit descended upon them in Acts chapter 2. And Peter preached the first gospel message and people were caught to the heart. And they asked, brothers, what shall we do? And he says, repent every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And the Bible tells us that those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. When the church got started, a lot of people heard the message. But Acts chapter 2 tells me those who accepted the message were baptized. So a lot of people heard the call, but they didn't respond to it. Obviously, those that responded to it, the church started. And they started to preach all around Jerusalem. So much so that the Sanhedrin, the people that had crucified Jesus, they brought the apostles before them and they told them to stop preaching. And you know what Peter said? They judge for yourself whether it is right to obey you rather than God. We cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. And then my Bible tells me in Acts chapter 4, when they realized that these were unschooled, Ordinary men. They took note. They had, they had been with Jesus. Are you with me? 
Remember, these guys didn't go to some rabbi school. They didn't go to seminary. But they had been with Jesus for three years. And he says, you come follow me. You know, the passage I'm referring to in Mark chapter 1. And I will make you fishers of men. It's about following Jesus. Not about following this world. Or the things of this world. And at the end of the service today, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs that we usually do when somebody gets baptized, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's going to be our closing song. I hope we're going to sing it like we do. I hope they're going to sing it out with gusto like you've never sang it before. Well, you see, Timothy, excuse me, Paul says to Timothy here, says he saved us and called us to a holy life. This calling to follow Jesus is a call to a holy life. In other words, we're every single day, we're constantly getting rid of sin in our lives and living the way God wants us to live and living our lives the way the Bible tells us to live. Are you with me? Amen? We are called to a holy life. That's what this is about. And let me tell you something. When you are called to that life, when you start living your life according to this, people around you would notice. Because they will realize there's something about this person. There's something about you. I can't put my finger on it. Oh, you're a Christian. That's what it is. Because they see Jesus in you. Because they see Jesus. Amen? That's what we've been called to. And believe it or not, if, we are not, if you are not following God, if you are not following Jesus, you are following the devil by default. If you are not following God, you are following the devil. I'm for it. By default. And I love that passage one of the young men read when Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter God. But only he who does the will, who is my father in heaven. You see, it's not just believing, it's in the doing. It's in our lifestyle. Are you with me? We are, you and I are called to live a holy life. And when you're living a holy life, let me tell you something. Your friends, even family members, the people you work with, they're going to give you a hard time. When they start gossiping and talking about people in the office, and you refuse to join in, they may even call you, you think you're holier than us? But the reason why you and I do not participate in stuff like that is because we've been called to a holy life. Are you with me? And you should not apologize for that. Because one day, all this stuff is going to end. That's what the Bible teaches. Even if you and I are dead and crossed over by then, we're going to hear that trumpet sound. And my Bible tells me the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those that are still living will now go and join in, in the air, and then obviously we get to be with God forever. Amen? That's true, folks. And so I hope this morning, as I try to remind us that you and I have been called to follow Jesus, you're going to get excited again. Because like Sam talked about last week, life is hard. And life isn't fair. It just isn't. You're going to go through stuff in this life. 
So you need to buckle up your belt and get ready. But the exciting thing about being a Christian is that God will be with you every step of the way. You know, Psalm 23, one of the lines there that I really love, but it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is me. God is not only with me, God is not only with you, but God is in us as Christians in the form of his Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And so you've got nothing to worry about. That nothing is going to come your way that God will not give you the power and the ability to be able to endure. I'm going to say that again. Nothing will come your way that you do not have the power to endure. And one of the things we're going to be talking about later on is the call to persevere. Like Sam reminded us last week, a lot of people started this race and they're no longer here. Maybe even the person that brought you in, put on quote, into the kingdom of God and studied the Bible with you. Maybe now they're way in the world. And I hope you continue to pray for them. And I hope you continue to reach out to them. And my prayer is that a lot of these people will come back to their senses and come back to their God before it's too late. Are you with me? But you see, God is always with us because God is in us. But He's called us to live a holy life. I turned 60 on Tuesday. And um, the text messages, the, the letters, the phone calls, I mean, I, I haven't had so many people sing happy birthday to me over the telephone you know, that I can recall. It was, it was truly overwhelming. I've arrived on the sixth floor. That's the way we say it in my culture. And I can tell you, the view from up here is amazing. It's been a humbling week. Something's happened to the video. It lost. I hope, I hope people at home can hear me. But I'm going to keep preaching. But it was very humbling turning 60. Because I lost my mother when she was 50. My mother died at 57. I never thought I would live to 60. And especially when I was battling cancer. They said, okay, I think this is it. And so to arrive at this point, again, is by the grace of God. And I'm very thankful. I'm very humble. Amen? You are alive today. You woke up this morning, again, by the grace of God. Every single day you and I live on this earth is a day closer to our eternity with God. I'm happy getting older. A brother sent me a text. He goes, I can't believe you're 60. He says, you have more energy than most people I know. And our brother said, you know what? We need to tell Richard to slow down. But you know what? I'm alive. And I'm still here. And God called me. Many, many years ago, 36 years ago. And I'm looking forward to beholding the face of my Savior. And I know you, you feel the same way in terms of you're looking forward to that time, to seeing your Creator. We're going to a place where there's not going to be any sin. Can I get an amen on that one? There will be, no, be no COVID. There will be no hospitals. 
There will be no darkness. Because everything is going to be perfect. Amen? I don't know what kind of food we're going to be eating in heaven, but I'm looking forward to just being able to eat anything I want without getting sick. And without getting an ounce of pound. Uh, 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 you know, going, going over with it again. I'm looking forward to it. Amen? I hope you're looking forward to that. The food is going to be off the chain. The music. The atmosphere. I mean, you see angels being described in the Bible. We're going to see them. That's going to be amazing. Now we're going to get a new body because this one we leave down here. It's going to turn back to sand. But then that's what we're looking forward to. That's what God has called us to. Amen? And so I'm asking you this morning, are you looking forward to that? We're called to live a holy life. In Psalm 1, he says, Blessed is the person, I'm reading from the NIRV, New International Reader's Version. Blessed is the person who obeys the law of the Lord. Notice, it doesn't say who believes. Blessed is the person who obeys the law of the Lord. They don't follow the advice of evil people. They don't make a habit of doing what sinners do. They don't join those who make fun of the Lord and his law. Instead, the law of the Lord gives them joy. They think about this law day and night. That kind of person is like a tree that is planted near a stream of water. It always bears fruit. Excuse me, it always bears its fruit at the right time. Its leaves don't dry up. Everything godly people do turns out well. Can I get an amen? Oh, I love that passage. Again, notice it doesn't say, blessed are those who believe. Belief has very little to do with being a Christian. Belief has very little to do with following Jesus. My Bible tells me that even the demons believe and shudder. It's always about our obedience. About living according to the word of God. I'm, I'm still old school, okay? This is my Bible. You know, it's... Okay, I'm going to say this. I know some of you guys, you like reading your phone, excuse me, reading your Bible on your phone and you take notes on your phone. You know, if I held my cell phone up like this, it doesn't carry the same weight. Because on that smartphone, there's so many other things on it. You happen to have your Bible in it, but this stands by its own, amen? That's why I'm going to remain old school until the day I die. This is my Bible, and that's why I carry it everywhere I go. Okay? When you flip those pages, you hear that sound? Mm, mm, mm. I'm sorry, your phone cannot produce that. But you see, he says, blessed is the man who is obeying this. He says, you are like a person planted by streams of water. Every season you're producing fruit. Amen? And the, the last line in there talks about everything godly people do. Turns out. 
That's why we are Christians. Amen? That's why even sometimes you see, if you see a non-Christian obeying different passages, it works. I know some non-Christian couple that are trying to live their lives according to the precept inside here. That's why their marriage works. Because the Bible works. It's not just believing it, it's obeying it. Amen? And that's what it's all about. Now you and I are called to obey the scriptures. You and I are called to obey God. But you see, we have to make that choice on a daily basis. I'm sorry, last month's obedience will not suffice today. That was last month, amen? You know, when a car pulls you over for speeding, or you get a ticket in the mail, then you were doing 35 in the 25 zone, you can't argue with them. Because they got you. They got you on tape. That thing took a picture of your license plate. How fast you were going. You can't argue. You can't say, you know, uh, sorry guys, I haven't, I haven't received one of these speeding tickets for three years. So your obedience for the last three years doesn't count. You violated the law today. And that's why you're going to have to pay the fine. Are you with me? The same thing goes for obedience. I think sometimes as Christians, we want to fool ourselves thinking, you know what, well, I did that last week and I did that last month, that must count for something. Yes, it does. But the obedience is daily. Yes, we are, we are, we are covered by the grace of God, but because we know the grace of God, because we appreciate the grace of God, we don't continue sin and disobeying God. If anything, we do the opposite because we understand what our sins did to Jesus on the cross. I saw this and I said, let me share it. It says, spiritual maturity isn't measured by how high you jump in praise, but how straight you walk in obedience. Amen? It's about obedience. That's what God is looking at. That's what God is looking for. It's about my obedience. It's not about the external. It's not about it looking good. The question is, am I obeying God daily? Am I obeying the scriptures daily? Am I living my life? The way I make decisions, where I go, the kind of things I look at, the kind of music I listen to, is it according to the scriptures? Amen? Very, very important. Again, this is a picture of a smartphone. And uh, if God were calling, you know, the green, you hit it, you'd accept the call. You hit the red button, you decline the call. Is all well and good. I want us to think about the person that I call you. We're talking about the creator of the universe. Are you going to answer the call? Or are you going to decline? Would it be that this week is going to be your last week on this earth? And God has been calling you, and you've been declining the call. When God calls, you need to answer. You need to run to the telephone and pick it up. Some of us remember what this looks like. There was a YouTube video I saw, I don't know, several years ago. They put this phone, kids, this is what phones looked like when Mr. Richard was growing up. Okay? 
And I saw this uh, YouTube video. They put this phone in front of a, a couple of teenagers and gave them a number and said, dial this number. Guess what? They couldn't do it. They had no idea how to do it. You can go watch it. It's very funny. You know how it was when we were growing up and the phone would ring? First of all, not every home had a phone when I was growing up. My mother didn't get a phone until I, when I left and came, back, came to this country. And she went and found one so that she could talk to me. So for 18 years, we had no phone in the house. And those of us, my friends that had phones, when the phone would ring, you would see all the kids rushing to go answer the telephone. Gring, gring. That was the ring. Gring, gring. Hello. This is the James residence. And they would say, can I speak to your mom? All of a sudden, you're like, you know what? Hi, Miss Johnson. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a good day. And he goes, can I talk to your mom? Well, you want to keep talking because, you know, here's the opportunity. <laughs> and then your brother and sister, they're crying. They're like, next time, okay, you can answer the telephone. What has happened to all that? Now we have this thing called caller ID. I don't know about you. I don't like caller ID. I, I just don't. Because when this... Back in the day, when that thing rang, you had no idea who was calling. You better pick it up. Amen? Now you see, so, oh, that's Richard calling. I'm declined. <laughs> and, and you think the Lord didn't see that. <laughs> oh, that's not so calling. I declined. It shouldn't be that way. Let me ask you this. What if God, you called God in prayer and he didn't answer? How would you feel? You and I have been called to follow God. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're driving, please pay attention to the road. And uh, these phones these days, you know, will actually send the things to voicemail. But that's okay. But if you're, you're not doing anything, you're just there, answer the telephone. It could be an emergency. Amen? It could be an emergency. Several years ago, I was talking to a brother, and um, his good friend had just taken his life, and was feeling very bad. And I'm talking to him in the parking lot. He says, Richard, he called me last night. And I can't remember what his brother was up to, but he couldn't answer the telephone. And he says, you know, I feel if I, if I was in a position to answer, I think it don't, don't do that to yourself. You couldn't answer the telephone. I don't remember what he was doing that Saturday evening. You never know who's calling. It could be an emergency. Answer the telephone. When God calls, especially, you need to answer. Amen? You remember the, uh, the parable of the wedding banquet in Matthew 22, verse 14? At the end of it, it simply says, For many are invited, but few are chosen. Many are called, but only few are chosen. Amen? See, brothers and sisters, the challenge daily is to keep on obeying God and to keep answering His call every single day. When you and I open up the Bible, that is God, obviously, 
calling us and talking to us and wanting to talk to us. And we have to make the time to get into His Word. We don't have 24 hours in a day like everybody else. Amen? We've got to be making time to, to, to listen to God because He wants to help us. He cares about us. He loves us. We're living in an incredible age where you can even now have your Bible in your telephone. I mean, how cool is that? I remember when those things first came out. This is very big and bulky. I remember the first telephone I saw somebody had in their car. I was like, are you kidding me? And now our kids have telephones. But you see, the thing is, are you still answering the call of God? Or have you gotten so busy with life that you've stopped answering the call? I read an article the other day and I was talking about the biggest challenge right now for Christianity is comfortability. People have gotten very comfortable. The truth of the matter is if Jesus came back today, a lot of people are not going to make it. If Jesus walked this earth today, a lot of people would not be following him. We've got to be very careful. The parable of the sower is in the Bible for me. That talks about some, what, what is going to choke off their Christianity is the worries of this life and the desire for other things. We've got to be careful. And so again, this morning I'm asking you where you are at. You need to be constantly evaluating yourself. Amen? To realize that every single day you are alive is God keeping you here because he's not done with you yet. Amen? God ain't through with you yet. One day, he's going to call you home. That's when he's going to be through with you. Amen? That's when he's going to be through with me. And guess what? Nobody knows when that day is going to be. I have classmates that have passed on, you know, the last several decades. And they're not here. But well, you're here. I'm here. Amen? God calls us into his kingdom. Remember, many are invited, but few are chosen. Brothers and sisters, God puts you and I on the guest list. That's what the parable of the banquet is all about. They're on, the, they're on the guest list. The creme de la creme. Not just anybody gets invited to the party. But God chose you. God invited me. Amen? Do you still appreciate it? Do you still appreciate what you've got? Or are you take, have you taken it? Brothers and sisters, every day I wake up, my mind says, wow. He woke me up today. I'm still here. Because one day I know I'm going to go to bed and I'm not going to wake up. How do you know that? That's, what, that's the way I've asked the Lord. That's the way I want to go out. I don't know about you. I don't want to go out in a car today. I don't want to go out drowning because I can't swim. I want to go to sleep and the next day I don't wake up. And I believe he's going to answer me. 
I believe that's where it's going to take me. Many years ago when I wasn't, quote unquote, wise, I used to say, man, I love to die preaching. Just as I'm preaching, I just, oof. Then I realized, uh-oh, that's going to traumatize the entire church. So I, I stopped praying that prayer. I'm being honest. I used, to, I, used, I used to say, man, I love to die just preaching. Until I, until I realized that's not going to be good for everybody. I said, so I changed it. I said, okay, Lord, just stick with my sleep. So I, I believe he's going to take me my sleep one of these days. I just don't know when. Are you with me? But you cannot become a comfortable person. And so I'm asking you today, are you comfortable? Like Sam asked us last week, if we were counting the cost with you today, would you be a candidate to baptism? It used to be such that, as Christians, we would go anywhere, do anything for the sake of Christ. I got news for you. That hasn't changed. The standard hasn't changed. That's discipleship. Where we gave up everything for the cause. Are you with me? And so, if you were studying the Bible right now and counting the cost, would we baptize you? We just show up on Sunday. Okay, at least I'm here. I give my contribution. I go to Zoom midweek. Or I go to Zoom, excuse me, um, midweek um, Bible talk, whatever it is that we've been doing all summer. Is that what Christianity has now become? Midweek, check. I read my Bible today, check. I reached out to this lady on the bus, check. I'm going to church on Sunday. As a matter of fact, they've taken out the contribution already. Check. Is that what Christianity has now become for you? Is that what following Jesus is all about? It was never that. Now, don't get me wrong. All those things are good. But before you and I said, he loved us and he saved us. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? It's not about what we do about his grace. Before you said a prayer, before you read your Bible, God already lavished his love on you. He lavished his love on me. It's never been about our performance. That's why I was, I was getting tickled when Sam was speaking last week. I was clapping so hard, my neighbors were thinking, what's wrong with him? Um, you know when he said, you know, sometimes you, you feel like, you know what, and I'm doing all these religious things, so you feel good about yourself. Well, how about those days when you are not, quote-unquote, doing all those things? Well, Lord, you can't come today. You don't understand God's grace. Amen? It should be that whether you're doing those things or not, your mindset is, Lord, come on. Come on back. So let me ask you another question. How often? When was the last time that thought crossed your mind? And you know what? Jesus will come back today. Jesus will come back in the next hour. That's the kind of stuff I believe we need to be thinking about every single day. And in light of the fact that Jesus is going to come back one day, it affects the way we live today. 
it affects the way I live today. Are you with me? But don't be a comfortable Christian. If you're a comfortable Christian, you need to repent. In John chapter 10, I need to wrap this stuff up. In verse 3, it says, He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. Amen? Jesus didn't just call us, He leads us. Do all your neighbors know your name? All the people in your office building, did they, did they know your name? If I walked into your office today and I say, hey, I'm looking for Sebastian. Or I'm looking for Tony. Where can I find Xavier? Will everybody, have, oh yeah, I know him. He's a tall, light-skinned color brother. Do your neighbors know your name? I say all that to say, that's amazing to me that the people you walk with and your neighbors, they don't know your name, but God knows you. Think about that for a second. King of the universe. And the guy three doors away from you doesn't, know, doesn't even know who you are. Yeah, he sees you and he waves and he says hi, that kind of thing. But he doesn't know your name. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know that you're a follower of Jesus. But God knows. That's amazing. Another, another passage that, that, that just blows my mind is when the Bible says, you know, even the hair of your head, they're all numbered. I mean, that's amazing. The hair on my head. Now some of them fell off this morning. It's okay. Are growing older. That's how intimate God knows you. He knows you and calls you by name. Amen? And that should fire us up. That should get us energized. And so I'm asking us this question Is Jesus still the person you are listening to? God called you many years ago and you're still here, praise God. But are you still listening? Is Jesus still the person leading your life, leading my life, leading all our lives? The exciting thing is when God calls us, He equips us. Brothers and sisters, God is calling. We need to answer. Every day, every day you wake up, you need to answer that call. Amen? You need to decide, I'm going to walk according to what the Bible teaches today. It's a daily sin. Say, Richard, I'm tired. Rest if you must. But don't quit. Amen? You got to keep on going. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one foot. You put one foot in front of the other. Then you put the next one. Then you put the next one. And you just keep on going. Amen? That's what it's all about. This life is tough. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Some of you are runners. 5Ks, 10Ks, we do marathons, and God bless you. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. But the Christian life is like a marathon. Yeah, you're going to get tired. 
grab the water from the water station and keep running. Keep dropping it down, you pour it on your head and you toss it and you keep going. And the exciting thing is, as you're going along this route, we have each other to cheer each other on. Hey, come on, come on, keep going. Come on, come on, I'm with you. And when I get tired and I'm slowing down, you're reaching back. I say, come on, reach it, come on. That's what it's all about. And then the amazing thing to me is on the finish line, we got a bunch of people waiting for us to usher us in. And so here's three responses we can have to God's calling. We can pretend we don't hear him. I hope you will change that today. If you're in that category. Number two, we take our time in answering. Hoping you will forget he called. Guess what? God doesn't forget. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Amen? And to realize that he called you for a reason. And then the third one, again, don't do this one. Don't put God on hold. I know a lot of people that have put God on hold. Including members of my own family. If I pick up the, if I pick up the phone today and I call my brother, I say, dude, when are we going to start studying the Bible? He said to me, Papa, let me call you back in a few hours. And we can set up a date. The reason I say that is because he's been telling me that for years. But in the meantime, I keep praying for him. For him to get to know this God. Are you with me? But don't put God on hold. Answer the call. Answer the call. I love this by A.W. Tozer. He says, a whole generation of Christians have come off believing that it is possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. It's not possible. He wrote this back in 1961. 61 years ago when he wrote this. People thinking, yeah, I can be a Christian and I don't have to turn my back on the world. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. It doesn't work. It cannot work. God is going in one direction. Satan and his demons and his angels are going in another direction. It's not possible to do both. My Bible says you cannot love the world and claim you love God too. It's not possible. Amen? When I was growing up, this was our Bill Gates. The man's name was Chief Henry Fajemiroku. That was his Rolls Royce. He had a bunch of cars. He died at age 51. I remember when his, his, his death was announced on the radio and in the newspapers, people were in shock. Because a year prior to that, one of our famous musicians had just, you know, sang about him. And he literally was singing, in my language, you will not die. Death will not take you. And about a year later, the man is gone. I was about five years old or six years old. One day we're driving and I see this huge, again, remember, five-year-old, huge Fleetwood Cadillac in front of us. And this man was seated in the middle and he had a wife to his left and another wife to his right. In my culture, that's okay. People marry several wives. You can afford them. Okay, polygamy is not against the law, where I'm from. Now it's dying out because of economics and, you know, money. 
it's, it's hard enough loving one person. I don't know how you're going to have two or three wives all in the same house. Okay? But I, this guy's car, police would cut like black. I'll never forget. It was right in front of us. And I was admiring that. I said, man, I said, man, look at that Fleetwood Cadillac. He goes, you know who that is? I said, who is that? He that's Henry Fajero. And I was like, wow. Now oh, you older guys, remember what that Cadillac used to look like. But, but for five-year-olds, that, that car looked humongous. But he's dead now. Henry Stevens Group of Companies. He was the Bill Gates when I was growing up. Where is he now? All that wealth he made, all that money he ran after. Where is he now? The same thing is true today. That's why, again, I'm, I'm very thankful. Sam reminded us last week not to envy sin because this is all they're going to get. Oh, look at this guy. He's got, a, he's got everything all figured out. He's got a pretty wife. Driving a nice car. And if I can just get there, then I'll be happy. It's an illusion. Stuff doesn't make anybody happy. Amen? It just never did. So in the next, in the next several weeks, these are the kind of things I'm going to be talking about. We're going to talk about the call to persevere. The call to rejoice always. The call to flee from the call to not love the world. The call to watch your tongue. The call to be faithful. The call to imitate God. The call to raise godly children. To be generous and sacrificial. Not necessarily in that order, okay? The call to be grateful and thankful. The call to forgive others. The call to be courageous. The call to trust God's promises. The call to pray without ceasing. The call to never be lacking in zeal. The call to be holy. The call to dig deeper in the word. The call to never look back and so on. So I'm looking forward to this fall. I pray that by the time Christmas rolls around, we're going to be looking a whole lot more like Jesus than when we started. Are you with me? And so, this is what we're going to be doing over the next several months. The call to follow Jesus is heavenly. That's what Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 talks about. And I'm going to read it to us. Philippians 3.14 It says, I push myself. Again, I'm reading from the New International Reader's Version. I push myself forward towards the goal. To win the prize. God has appointed me to win it. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. We're very familiar with the NIV. It simply says, I press on toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Brothers and sisters, the goal is to win the prize and to get to heaven. The goal is to see God and Jesus someday. The goal is to ensure that our spouse and our kids enjoy an eternity with God. The goal is to drag as many people as we can as we make our way towards heaven. Amen? Remember, the Bible says over and over again, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Just like this sanctuary is not our home. You know, if you came in here this morning with your bed and your pillow and your, and your, and your blankets, I'm going to be saying, Rock, are you? Is that okay? No way, this is home. This ain't your home. These gentlemen will kick you, they will kick you out in a few hours. Why? Because this is not home. 
This world is not our home. We're just passing through. That's what the song says. Amen? And so, brothers and sisters, you and I have been called to follow Jesus. Are you still following Jesus? With heart, soul, mind, and strength. With everything you've got. How is your discipleship? How is it going? So things are not where you want them to be. It's time to repent. It's time to dust yourself up. It's time to keep on going. It's time to pull a brother or sister and say, I need help. Would you help me with this? There's no shame in that. Amen? For you and I have been called to follow Christ and the call is heavenly. Amen? Let us pray for the Father, we love you. We thank you for sending Jesus into this world to die for us. So that one day we get a chance to spend eternity with you. Thank you for calling us and for choosing us out of this sinful world to be able to know you. You that surpasses all understanding. Father, we thank you for the cross. Father, forgive us of all of our sins and all the iniquities we've sinned against you. Father, forgive us for all the times we've not been and lived up to the call. Father, we thank you for your grace that continually covers us and calls us upward and homeward. Father, we love you. We again we look forward to the day when you are going to come back and take us home. Father, until then, keep us faithful. Keep us obedient. Keep us living the life that you created us for. We love you, Father. We ask and pray all this. The mighty name of the Son, Jesus.